Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of uh, Titus, a little book that Paul wrote to a guy named Titus. The Spirit led Paul to write it. We've looked at the first chapter. We're beginning the second chapter today. And the second chapter of Titus, verse 1, starts this way. But as for you, hmm, but as for you, and we're going to look at this more in just a moment, but be reminded <coughs> that but as for, excuse me there, what, what is that talking about? Well, remember, there's no chapter division, no verse division as such in these letters. In other words, in contrast, he was talking about something else. Do you remember what he was talking about? He was talking about a group of men, okay, the rebellious men. Remember those, the ones that were empty talkers, and particularly among the circumcision? And Paul had told Titus, these folks must be silenced. They're upsetting entire families, and they're giving heed to Jewish myths and commandments, and they're turning people away from the truth. And he said, you need to deal with these folks. The last verse of the uh, first chapter, as a matter of fact, says this. They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny him, being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. Well, that's a powerful statement, an indictment about somebody. And then the very next verse says, but as for you, <laughs> and you talk about a, a strong uh, conjunction here, a strong contrast between something. But as for you, speak to things which are fitting for sound doctrine. He is telling him, you must speak to things that are fitting for sound doctrine, for truth. Folks, we must speak the truth. We must instruct one another in the truth. We must know the truth. We must communicate the truth. We must live the truth. And yet so few do that. We will live and propagate denominationalism. My goodness, we do that all the time. It's amazing. Uh, I was telling somebody earlier today, uh, <laughs> let me see how I can be careful in saying this. You ever have to do that? Let me be careful in saying this, right? I said, if you're from the outside looking in, and I am in this particular denomination, you would think that the denomination, the name of it, was the Most High God, and that their founder, his name, was the Messiah himself. You read their stuff, and all they talk about is the denomination name and then the founder's name, the denomination name and the founder's name. And it gets to the point where the founder's name is a verb, you know, and it describes how we do the action that we have, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's, it, it breaks your heart and irritates you at the same time because they'll sit there and every now and then obliquely refer to the Lord Jesus Christ, obliquely refer uh, to the scripture, and it's often said in just a nice, sweet kind of way, which sounds so nice, but what they're doing is denying sound doctrine. They're denying the power of God, and then they wonder why they're just dying on the vine. Well, the Spirit's telling us through Paul right here, you know, as for us, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. And then he starts speaking to particular groups. He's spoken to Titus, and he continues to speak through Titus, He's spoken to Titus about uh, these rebellious men already. But now in verse 2 he says, Older men are to be, and in the next few verses right here we have this list uh, that are older men, 
older women, uh, young men, younger women, and even servants, bond slaves. And he gives this insight of how we are to behave, how we're to act, how we're to live. This is the sound doctrine, the sound teaching. Because sometimes when you say, well, speak to things which are fitting for sound doctrine, well, what are you talking about? What doctrine, what teaching? Well, then he tells us, older men are to be temperate, which means to be sober-minded. It does not mean to be teetotaler. You know, out of my background, that was interpreted that way. And that's not what it's talking about. It's that you're to be sober-minded. You're to be serious-minded. It doesn't mean that you can't be jovial, that you can't have fun, that you can't do things like that. No, no, no. Nothing could be further from the truth. But it does give us insight that the older men are to have a sense of serious. Oh, or this word. Remember when this word came into the political lexicon and every reporter in the world was using it? Uh, that we are the older men, and by we, I mean me because I'm an older guy, are to have gravitas. <laughs> Remember when that popped up? Oh, that was hilarious. So older men are to be sober-minded, to be temperate. They're to be dignified. Hey, dignified. King James calls it grave. <laughs> well, that sounds a little too much like grave, right? Well, the idea is that they're to be serious again, but to be venerable. In other words, someone that somebody will honor. Okay, that people will look to and dignify. And quite often the, the points of dignity and things like that have more to do with how somebody dresses or a speech pattern or things like that. And it's not talking about that. Uh, it's talking about the idea that it, you, there'd be somebody that is honorable, that is honest. Uh, one translation is reverend. Okay. And, you know, we use that term all the time as a title for individuals. You know, they are the reverend so and so. And sometimes that is totally. Fine, there's nothing wrong with that. But most of the time, I have a hard time with it because it carries this idea, oh, this is one who is to be revered. Okay, this is one who is to be revered. Really, we're to honor all portions of the body of Christ and all mankind. But in this case right here, it's one that is literally honorable, one that is venerated, one that is looked up to in the right way. Older men are to be like that, temperate, dignified, sensible. Yeah, he's got a long list right here. Sensible literally means of a, um, a sound mind, okay? Self-controlled, okay? Their, their, their passions don't swing too far either way kind of thing. They have a degree of sense of self-control about them. Sound in the faith, okay? Older men are to be sound in the faith. Well, why is that? Can a younger man be sound in the faith? Absolutely. But an older man who has been in the faith and has been so for decades, for instance, will have understandings about the faith that the younger man hasn't experienced yet. So, they are to be sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Well, what do you mean in love? Well, it goes back to sound, okay? And that idea of sound right there means that they're healthy, okay? They are to be healthy when it comes to faith. They're to be healthy when it comes to love. They're to be healthy in perseverance, and what is perseverance? <laughs> Pressing on, folks. Uh, I love the, uh, <coughs> the understanding of patient enduring. Okay? You realize that you're going to press on in the midst of this thing. You're going to do it because this is where God's got you. This is what's happening. You're going to persevere. Uh, there's steadfastness. There's endurance in it. Uh, King James translates it as patience. So just recap these two verses, what we've looked at right here. In verse 1, he says to Titus, But as for you, speak the things which are fitting, for sound doctrine. Well, what are some of those things? Well, older men, older men are to be temperate. 
sober-minded. They're to be dignified. They're to be sensible, self-controlled. They're to be sound, sound in the faith, sound in love, and sound in perseverance. i tell you what, folks. The body of Christ is reaching and searching and longing and trying to find out what needs to be done. And it's usually oriented around this thing. Well, we got to do something because our church is aging out. You know, people are dying and people are leaving. They're voting with their feet. I tell our folks locally, the number one reason people leave is, or don't come to church in our area is because they've been there. Okay, because they've been there. And they're just not interested in another organizational type of thing. But I guarantee you they will be interested in a true organism, the body of Christ, functioning as the scripture shows us how we're supposed to be uh, functioning and manifesting the power of the Most High God. It begins with knowing what the Word says about it. So this is what we know about older men. Let's apply this and see what the Lord has to do, what He has to say. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.